What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 82 of the Lombard Trucking Show, where I'm coming at you live. This is a live recording from Pendleton, Oregon, at the Arrowhead Hotel and Casino Truck Stop, and I'm bringing you some breaking news today. But first, how did I get here? I had to wait on my permits this morning, and it's as though God himself intended me to break this news story because I actually just got the Twitter notification, and before the Twitter notification, I received intelligence from uh, an anonymous TikTok source who is a driver for Yellow Freight, also known as YRC, and they are having dilemmas with their pensions. Now, if you've been following the news, Yellow has been a, is on the verge of bankruptcy. This isn't the first time they've been on the verge of bankruptcy. They've been bailed out before. They received $700 million of COVID bailout money, which they decided to use on buying G-Wagons and sending their executives to Las Vegas. They spent the last several years acquiring all these companies and, and uh, acquiring all these assets and just absolutely fumbling the ball with how to consolidate them or figure out how to run this business. And it looks like their time may be up soon, but not without a quick dagger in their gut. Uh, let me read to you this letter that was sent out to drivers, and I'll read this verbatim. And this is, besides the Teamsters Twitter account, you're hearing it first here at the Lombard Trucking Show. Date, July 17, 2023, to all local unions and central states funds with YRC Inc. and USF Holland LLC members. YRC Inc. and USF Holland LLC, collectively yellow, has advised central states health fund and pension funds that they are withholding payment of health and pension contributions, totaling more than $50 million for June due July 15th and July 2023 due August 15th to avoid running out of cash. Because of this, the Board of Trustees has, have taken the following actions. Yellow's participation in the Central States Pension Fund will be terminated, effective July 23rd, 2023. This means that Yellow members in the Pension Fund will stop earning pension benefit accruals for work performed on and after July 23rd, 2023. Health coverage under team care will be suspended. And any health care claims incurred on or after July 23rd, 2023 will not be paid unless the participant exercises its option to timely remit self-payments. While the team care suspension eliminates the continued risk resulting from Yellow's failure to pay contributions, there is no suspension option available for the pension fund other than to terminate the participation of Yellow to cease pension accruals for future periods in which it is doubtful contributions will be remitted. If in the future Yellow fully pays the required contribution pension benefits and health coverage will be reinstated retroactive to July 23rd, 2023. The attached letter will be sent today to all affected yellow members. The letter provides important information regarding how members can continue their health plan coverage by making self-payments during the benefit suspension period. Please note that if a member does make self-payments for health plan coverage and yellow later pays the required contributions, self-payments will be reimbursed. Attached is a frequently asked question sheet, which provides further information about this situation. As more information becomes available, we will continue to update our local union partners and members. If you have any questions, local unions can reach out to their field service representative, and members can be directed to contact our customer care department at 1-800-TEAM-CARE or through the message center at myteamcare.org or my central state's pension 
Org. Sincerely, the Board of Trustees Central States Southeast and Southwest Areas Health and Welfare Fund by Thomas C. Uh, Douchebag Executive Director. So there you have it. Yellow has just sent out a letter saying that, well, we know that they're broke. And this is one of their solutions to fix it. And so the Teamsters have authorized a strike and like I said, this was tweeted out from time of recording at not just about an hour ago. Breaking update, yellow fails to make $50 million in benefits payments. Teamsters to send strike notice. So there you have it, folks. Teamsters have authorized a strike in yellow. So they're not just going to let yellow go away without a, uh, without a fight on their hands. That's the thing. Yellow was probably presumably going to go bankrupt. I know that they had a few waivers that delayed this process. Um, and all that would have happened would be 22,000 uh, truck drivers would be out of job and would have to find different work. However, those 22,000 drivers are union members. And so it, it does kind of uh, screw them over. And there are a lot of articles out there. I know Freight Waves has said, I had posted an article, why would the Teamsters let 22,000 truck driver jobs go? Because obviously the Teamsters have been struggling um, post-deregulation to keep their membership numbers up, uh, mainly due to the uh, diabolic activities from our enemies over there at the ATA who will stop at nothing to uh, put an end to the Teamsters. So it's been an ongoing battle for a long time, but it looks like... um, the Teamsters saw this coming. It looks like they knew that Yellow was going to try to do something to survive because they do have pride left in them. They are a hundred-year-old company. They want to stick around, union or not. Um, and this is this is them trying to do that. This is them essentially trying to stop the bleeding. Uh, and they thought that going after union members' benefits was the best possible way. Uh, I actively talk about this on social media quite often uh, on the need and necessity for things like strikes, because whether you're pro-union or not, this country was built off of strikes. This is a country that just uh, over 100 years ago had employees go to war with the National Guard. It took Major General Leonard Wood to put down the steel riots via martial law in Gary, Indiana. Uh, If you ever have the time, just look up the Battle of Blair Mountain. Look up all these things uh, that people, regular people, you and me, if you're a listener of this show, you're a regular person. If you make $200,000 a year and you listen to the show, you probably don't. But if you do make $200,000 a year and you listen to the show, you are closer to me than you are to, uh, to Jeff Bezos. You are closer to homeless than you will ever be to Elon Musk. You have nothing in common with them besides the fact that, um, you know, they're going to die just like you are, besides the fact that you require oxygen to function. You have nothing in common with these people. These people also view you as human capital. That's a word they love to use. Jeff Bezos likes to use this word. He likes to refer to his workers as human capital. Those are the terms they use for normal people who go to work every day, who want to provide for their families, who work hard. That's what they call them, is human capital. So when it comes to strikes, and what's funny is, 
the major media outlets because UPS is about to go on strike because the Teamsters have authorized the UPS workers to go on strike if the contract doesn't come through by the end of July. And all the major media outlets love to say things like UPS strike could be costliest in U.S. history in what last 100 years. It's going to cost the economy this much money. It's not going to cost fucking shit. Whenever there's a fucking strike from one of these companies, like so if UPS goes on strike, us plebeians or the proletariat, whatever you'd like to call us, guys like me, I'm not going to it's not going to cost me a fucking dime if I can't get. Uh, my OptiGreens or my multivitamins from first form via UPS, or I got to wait a while, guess what? I'm not going to cry about it or lose sleep. It doesn't cost me much. I'll just go to HEB and go get a multivitamin from there or something. I don't know. It's not going to cost me anything. What it's going to do is it's going to cost the oligarchs and the douchebags a bunch of money because and their shareholders because we don't live in a free market economy we live in a shareholder economy where all we care about is what shareholders want and need not what the consumer wants the people who need the stuff the people who have to buy it but shareholders they're the ones who care that's the type of economy we live in now the oligarchs it's going to cost them you see because whenever natural disaster strikes and this is indicative of everything whenever there's a hurricane in florida or a tornado in the central plains or anything like that, the local community bands together and they figure it out. But I could tell you, but but when it comes to things like UPS striking or or any minor inconvenience like that, it's the oligarchs who start fucking panicking. They're the ones who will be freaking out because they don't know how to survive. I've mentioned this before, how Amazon culture has kind of made a lot of us weaker. We saw it with the COVID things. Us as society, though, we're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out. But these oligarchs, here's the thing. If the internet was to go down tomorrow, not one, please let it go down. But if the internet were to go down or the grid were to go down for even an hour, they wouldn't be able to get down from their high-rise apartments on the Upper East Side and be able to get a bottle of water before those shelves are empty. That's the reality of the situation. So I, the reason why I support strikes is for the same reason I mentioned the Amazon economy has made society a little bit, a little bit weaker. These strikes are supposed to be disruptive. They're supposed to be inconvenient. They're supposed to teach a lesson. I think that's something that this country needs. I think it's also something that every now and then, I think there's a quote. Let's actually look up this quote because a lot of conservatives love tossing this quote around about, um, Liberty and stuff, the, the, the tree of liberty. The tree of liberty must, it must be refreshed. Something, something, something like that, something along those lines. Oh, Thomas Jefferson. He said, quote, that the, the, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Well, guess what? The same thing applies to um, you know the working class. Sometimes the tree of profit or whatever word you want to use, or the tree of business. Sometimes the tree of business must be refreshed from time to time with the inconvenience of workers and oligarchs. Let's use that. Let's coin that up. That's going to be one of the new phrases. That needs to happen because clearly these people have value. Clearly UPS holds value because if major media outlets are going to say it's going to cost the country 
the most it's ever has in 100 years, that means their labor is worth than what they're currently being paid. If it's going to inconvenience you that much, it means it's worth more. Unlike the technology in the trucking industry and in the automobile industry that they keep developing based on planned obsolescence so they can continue a, a, have a continuous stream of revenue without having to market, without actually having to do work. But because that they, but because these companies who've been constantly subsidized and bailed out, they just continue to develop technology born to fail, born to fail everyone, born to fail me, born to fail other drivers out there, born to waste our time. They're able to keep developing this garbage technology, charge an astronomical price for it that no one actually agrees with. And then all of a sudden, when they have to face a minor inconvenience like UPS workers going on strike because they just want maybe air conditioning in their fucking trucks, they go, they, 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 they go, but, but they hold their hands out like fucking little Timmy, like they had it so fucking hard. So I'm always going to cheer for a strike. I don't even think, I think people need to go on strike in this country without the Teamsters authorizing. I, I don't think that needs to happen. And this is where I get, because I'm not a huge fan of Zoomers because uh, I, I don't, I don't understand them completely yet. But I think I think the Zoomers coming into this are helping uh, because this is indicative of what's going on with trucking. Talked about I talk about this often how they're you know the, with the ATA and the fake driver shortage narrative. Zoomers along with millennials are the ones who've witnessed the previous generation uh, do this job trucking, die of chronic disease, develop chronic illness, lose their families, have their wages cut, and the Zoomers and millennials are looking at this, and that is why the turnover is so high, and that's why. People aren't staying with the job because for years, society took advantage of these boomers post deregulation who were like, well, grr, I just got to work hard because that's exactly what I need to do. Um, that's the only way to get ahead. And society took advantage of that. And now the time and the clock is starting to run out. Like I said, the tree of business must be refreshed from time to time with the inconvenience of workers and oligarchs. So, hey, that was breaking news. First first ever live stream episode where I've been able to break some serious news that probably won't be coming out till tomorrow. Uh, stand strong, every driver who's over there at Yellow or YRC. Uh, Lombard here supports you. Um, we, we're, we, want you to, we want you to pull through and make a statement. We want you to inconvenience people. It's unfortunate that the people at Yellow, because here, here's the thing. I could take control of Yellow right now. And with my network of friends, brokers, other businesses, and other people, I'd bring on a team that could raise yellow from the dead. Number one, we changed the name back. We changed the name to Lombard, and we and we'd actually and we we bring back the Lombard Green. So we do that first. But through who everyone I know who's so hungry and fierce, everybody in the Lost Freight Discord, people I know on LinkedIn, so many people that the network I've grown in just these few years, we can make yellow the fucking uh, the cream of the crop of the trucking industry like that. But that's the thing. When you have these oligarchs who think they are too big to fail, continue to run these businesses to the ground, continue to take advantage of human beings who they, who they treat as less than, eventually the clock runs out. But that's enough about that. That's a 15-minute rant right there. Go, go yellow. We back the Teamsters at this show. Um, so we'll keep it going. Next amount of breaking news, which has to do with everything 
part of my agenda, the in the in the good guy agenda, is if you remember a couple episodes ago, I had on Miss Desiree Wood, the president of Real Women in Trucking. And if you didn't listen to that episode, definitely go back. It's it's a jaw dropping story of how she started that organization, essentially. Uh, and it's it's parallel to everything that we're trying to expose in the show is the bad, poor training in the in the industry. And with the poor training has come with it uh, a, a lot of sexual assault and, and uh, harassment of women out there, women who just want to have a, a good job. But through that, uh, there was an organization started called TIER. And now TIER was the Truckers Emergency Assistance Responders Group. And so what they did and I'm just reading right from the bottom, is TIER is a 501c3 serving truck drivers in immediate distress with short-term assistance assistance to get them home or to a safe haven. Essentially, so say, for example, I work for, um, you know, uh, a medium-sized carrier of 100 trucks, and they go bankrupt, and all of a sudden I'm 1,500 miles from home, and I have no way home because the the, the truck has been seized or what have you. Tier would come in and provide you funding to get home. Now, the other day, they came out and tweeted that we are unfortunately out of funding to help anyone at this time. We urge drivers to realize that many companies are close to bankruptcy due to freight rates being low and freight demand being slow. Please make a plan to get yourself home should the company suddenly terminate you. You should have enough to rent yourself a U-Haul, pay for gas and food to get home if you're traveling with a pet, have a lot of stuff on the truck. Uh, they go on uh, later that day. We have had numerous requests for help from lease purchase operators, people pay, being paid 1099 and W-2 company drivers who have been left stranded. Unfortunately, this has drained our funds and we cannot help anyone else at this time. So we urge drivers to make a plan for themselves. They then go on to post a link and the link is a GoFundMe link. It says abandoned comma broke by employer a thousand miles from home organized by Thomas Baker. So for the anti-union people who are listeners to the show, this is an example of why this industry uh, still needs uh, a form of representation, whether that be from a union, whether that be from an organization like CDL Drivers Unlimited, whether that be from OIDA. The ATA doesn't do anything because the ATA actually hates truck drivers. They hate you. They want you fat. They want you sick. They want you unhealthy. They want you stranded away from home because they don't care about you. But this is a tragedy right here because these drivers who just want to earn a decent living are get stranded from home at no fault of their own, completely out of their control. And then no one's held accountable for it. That's the issue in this industry is that the only people who are held accountable, the only people who have to pay has become the operator since 1980 regulation, which we can actually call re-regulation. All it did was a new process to put regulation and oppression onto America's truck drivers. And it's been a slow spiraling downhill race to the bottom since. That's all it's done. It's taken time. It's been articulate. You can't just do this all at once. You know, that's not how you change. That's not how you, you know, put an ideology out on the scene. That's not how you, you know, infect, you know, a, a, a population. With, with something. You have to slowly and gradually do it by removing the autonomy from the driver, taking away and taking away, you know, ev taking away everything slowly, but surely. 
uh, even guests of the show, Blythe Brumleaf, on her show uh, and on her website, Digital Dispatch. Can a trucking company leave a driver stranded legally? The answer is yes. It's 100% legal for companies to do that. And there's no safety net and nothing to do. So here's the thing. So when it comes to the ATA agenda, which has the tens of millions of dollars to lobby to Congress, which then influences the FMCSA and their policies, and they come out with these uh, insane regulations that only screw over uh, honest, decent, hardworking Americans, you will have uh, entities and enterprises try to operate outside of that, of the law, of that regulation. And I know the, the, the libertarian-minded people of the show and the freedom people are going to say, oh, hell yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. On paper, it's a good thing. It sounds, you know, great. It sounds, you know, very piratey and patriotic or what have you. But what ends up, the thing is, is the only people who are able to get away with operating outside of these regulations, like like the use of ELDs uh, and all this sort of stuff, are are people who have no skin in the game. And by having no skin in the game, it means that they're able to cut and run at a moment's notice or at their leisure. Talking about these Eastern European crime syndicates who operate primarily out of the Chicago market. Not just Eastern Europe. These foreign enterprises. Stereotypically, though, they happen to be from countries surrounding the Balkans as well as Eastern Europe. Uh, there's There's a certain phrase called Chicago based carrier that has a negative connotation for a reason. Now, these people, they operate motor carriers where they are able to hack people's electronic logs. They can go in and manipulate your 14-hour clock. Now, like I just previously mentioned, you have a lot of drivers. Who's, so the wages have been suppressed and slashed in this industry. But you're going to have drivers who want that extra money, who want the money they deserve. So they're going to go out and find places where they can earn that money. Hard workers. They want to, they want to, you know, they want to run an outlaw. They want to do, they want to do this because they need the money because they're trying to support their families. Well, they'll get up with some of these carriers who operate outside of the law. And they end up driving for them. And what ends up happening is these carriers do eventually go bankrupt because they don't care about the money going back to the business. They're sending that money back to their enterprises and the crime syndicates back in Eastern Europe to their, uh, you know, to their overlords. So they don't care. They're not running their business legitimately. So either that company goes bankrupt or the driver who just wants to earn a good paycheck needs a break, needs a doctor's appointment, does something. So they go and stop for a reset somewhere over the road and they'll be 1,000, 1,500 miles from home. They'll be sleeping in a motel room. They'll hack the ELD, send one of their fucking cronies or curmudgeons out there and they'll steal the truck leave people blind. If you go back to my episode with my good friend Skippy, Skippy's Trucking Show, go back and listen. He was working for one of these uh, for one of these uh, crime syndicate uh, enterprises, operations, and he wasn't being paid. Eventually, he got fed up, drove the truck home, and the FBI seized the truck. These are things that are happening every day. As I record this show, it's happening right now. And then the fact that we need a nonprofit organization to exist to help fund people from getting home. And let's not even get started on the lease purchase agreements because the lease purchase things are another huge scam because this is how the indentured, indentured servitude is happening at our ports is you'll have older immigrants like the guys who got here 10, 15, 20 years ago, they own the carrier, they bring in the new immigrants 
and then they say, we're going to get you a job. They're going to sponsor your, your citizenship or whatever, but they're going to pay them dirt wages, slave wages, uh, uh, below a standard. And then they're going to, they basically hold their immigration status hostage. But also at the same time, what they do is they hire them as independent contractors and tell them that they're going to be the owner operators of this truck. And that's how they're going to make it. They're going to live the American dream. Those people end up stranded too, but that, we could save that for a whole other episode. But the fact of the matter is that we needed this organization, that we needed this nonprofit to even exist is fucking outright like uh, it should it should be baffling. That should be on national news, not UPS strike will be costliest in U.S. history. No, that's not national news. That's just a minor inconvenience. Amer uh, Americans, American workers, American truck drivers being stranded. 1500 miles from their home and no way to get back. And that being legal, that's a national news headline. But see, in this country, if it's not Bud Light, Donald Trump, or uh, a fucking rainbow flags, nobody cares. That's the thing. We're too focused on the culture wars here and we've ignored each other. We've ignored each other as, uh, we've ignored each other as neighbors, as friends, as countrymen. We've ignored each other. And we're, and we're letting them do it. We're letting our enemies do it. We're letting them draw the lines for us. This has been a slow process over time. And they've been assisted by the internet. They're being assisted by China. They're being assisted by Russia. They're be, being assisted by all these people to split us apart. But it's unbelievable. And this organization tier not only had to exist, but they've now run out of money. Un unbelievable. And like I said, and, and I haven't listened to one podcast where anybody's talking about it. I don't know. I just think more people should probably more people should probably care care more. But that's why I'm going to keep talking and that's why I'm going to keep yelling and screaming and doing this until my fucking lungs come out of my chest. Next thing, and this will be the last thing, and I was talking about this on Instagram today is that when Yang went on Rogan a few years ago, the big thing was about how the AI and autonomous was coming for the truckers first. Everybody assumed that the truckers were the first one on the chopping block. They're going to go. They're this unskilled fucking labor. And yeah, unskilled. I'd love if that fucking uh, goddamn pillowcase looking motherfucker Elon or that penis head looking dick face Jeff Bezos. I'd love to see them drive this truck here with a 12 foot wide load, 14 foot high, figure out the read a fucking atlas. I'd love to see any of them try and do that. And go up the up and down 6% grades and do it now if they consider it unskilled. That's besides the point. But so the conversation was that the AI and autonomous has come for the trucks. Look where it is now because the war is already here. The AI is already here. It's hit Hollywood first. Hollywood is the first to be hit by AI. So it's here. It's on the scene. And what it's doing is, is it's not, see how it's not taking the jobs up front? Because that's the thing. They thought it was just going to take the jobs and whatever. No, what it is, is it's devaluing, de-skilling people up front. They have these AI generated scripts and they want to pay writers. They want to slash writers wages uh, to just edit AI generated scripts. It, it's a huge, long, crazy story. I've watched a couple of videos on it. A good friend of the show, uh, also fellow Marine. He's, he's an actor. He's been in a couple movies. He was telling me a little bit of about it. So the AI is here. So notice who it's hit first. It's come after Hollywood. And the people who've been saying, oh, it's coming for trucks, it's coming for trucks, learn to code, learn to code. It's coming for the people who are coding. This is who it's coming for first. It's coming for the photographers. It's coming for the actors. It's coming for all these people. And it isn't meant to completely take the jobs, but it's meant to devalue and de-skill you because this technology is inherently anti-human. It is against you. It makes you 
want to do less, think less. It takes away your ability to think and solve problems and to just trust machines to do it. Now, the only industry where I see this making any lick of sense is the, the medical industry. Anything we can do to help sick people, sure. Anything that can help doctors assess situations because the doctors aren't going anywhere and you're never going to cut a doctor's salary. That's not going to happen, especially with big farmer running shit. So the only place I see it happening is there. Other than that, I don't see it making sense because it, just like it's been a slow road since deregulation, that road is going to get shorter and shorter as the technology continues to get better and better. So it's going to de-skill, de cut pay, take away jobs very, very quickly. It will be a very fast snowball effect. And it's if you think things are going to become cheaper, like I just said a few minutes ago, we don't live in an actual free market capitalist society. We live in a crony uh, oligarchy uh, that's, uh, that's a shareholder economy. The goal is profit, profit, profit. Here's the thing. As you continue to cut pay, even it, it, from other people besides just truck drivers, once you've gone after the graphic designers, when you go after, because that's the thing, they're going after jobs with six-figure incomes that they're going to slash to thirty to $40,000 incomes. When they get those people, where are you going to get your profits when you've eliminated 80% of the population's pay? When you've cut their pay in half, what do you think is going to happen to the profit? Eventually, you run out of money. And that's where we are. And that's what happens with these oligarchs. Look at what happened with COVID. Look at what all these fucking genius fucking billionaire people did. When COVID happened and the government was printing all this money, businesses are like, oh, guess we could take all this money and throw it around and do all this. And then eventually it dried up. This is what's happened with the housing market, all this stuff. So why do people put so much faith in these oligarchs to solve all of our fucking problems? It makes no sense. So just a forewarning out there to the people who consistently simp for artificial intelligence and say, you just need to be the person who's using the AI. They're counting on a motherfucking cuck like you to, to trust the AI and to take their side. They need you to. They're counting on that ignorance. They are counting on that laziness. They want that because they know that that's the bulk of going to be the bulk of the population because you're the motherfucker. They're going to stick in a cell to push their buttons for $10 an hour or a meal. So that way you're not out there uh, starving in the fields with the with the rest uh, uh, of the plebeians who, who who disavowed the AI. So think about that. Wild times, wild times. So quick recap. Breaking news. You heard it here first live. Teamsters are going to authorize a strike for yellow freight. They're not going down without a fright, down without a fight. Good for them. Tier doesn't have any more money. Drivers are stranded across the country. AI is here. The war has begun. And that's where we're at. Uh, appreciate you all riding with me, rocking with me. Um, going to be doing this more often. You're going to see me coming up on here live, especially as I get news. I would love to just keep dishing it out. Um, like I mentioned on the last episode, going on News Nation did not happen by my own merits alone. Uh, the only reason I was blessed to have that opportunity is because of the company I keep, the people around me, the type of people who uh, were so gracious to pass me this news about Yellow and the Teamsters who told me tonight and said that. So I just want to give a quick shout out to all of those people out there, um, uh, the good, good friends of mine 
everyone who's uh, supported this show off the jump. That's the reason why it's happened. That's the reason why we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep getting this message out there. And for those who maybe ask why, because I was thinking about this today after I got done talking on Instagram, is, is why? why? Why do it? Why talk? Why this? Why trucking? Why why all this? Um, well, a lot of it has to do for the same reason why I got my CDL in the first place. Honor. Legacy. Same reason why I got the truck. Honor. Legacy. Patriotism things like that. Like I said, I know that I have over a century and a few generations of ancestors looking over my shoulder. That's what I truly believe is that that is when I drive down America's highways, I know that there, are, uh, that my ancestors, the ones who came before are, are watching over me. And, uh, I know that, that that's, that's what I feel. And that's how I act. I act as if that's who's watching over my shoulder. And I don't want to disappoint them and I don't want to let them down. You see, because that's the thing. The original Lombard was a Teamster affiliate. They were incorporated in 1923. They wouldn't want this to happen. They wouldn't want a driver's pensions to be gutted or to have to self-pay into their health benefits with some fake promise that it could be uh, reimbursed later. They wouldn't do that. I said this to when Rachel Premack came on the show. I've mentioned this on, on Voice of Gord about how my grandmother told me she remembers when deregulation happened. And my grandfather came home and he was living. He said, they're going to let any motherfucker in this. They're going to let it. And that's what they did. They raised the floor to zero. And now the ramifications are coming to light. And we can almost thank COVID for this because without COVID, this would have all just gone on under the radar without it happening. But now since the economy sucks, we're starting to see the the uh, kind of like how Lake Mead has as you know uh, dry like some of Lake Mead has gone down. We're starting to see the the dead bodies that the mafias dropped there and these sunken ships that nobody's able to find. That's what's happening. The, the market's drying up, so the criminals are now being exposed, and we're realizing what the true problems are. The most tenured people in the industry, people who I have on this show, people like Gord McGill, are starting to come out with the truth. And how and and, re, and seeing everything come to light with how this technology isn't necessarily all that good under the guise of safety is really just here to make people's lives worse and to suppress wages. Um, so so that's what it took. But that's why, because everything that I'm talking about is is it, it's reflective of everything else going on in our culture and in society today. Everything with the ATA and their lobbying, the same thing is happening with all of our laws regarding big pharma, regarding the food industry, uh, you know, with the, the glorification of, you know, not staying fit and all this stuff. And all this is happening everywhere is all these lobbying firms keep purchasing members of Congress and members of Congress do this with their laws. So I just I'm doing it from the corner of trucking. And so where logistics isn't sexy, that's the, that's the main truth of all this is everything that I've talked about on the show is reflective of other things going on out there in society. What our media talks about me going on News Nation was the first time a major media outlet ever aired that the driver shortage narrative wasn't real. And that was something that the ATA has been pushing for three decades. They've been pushing it for over 30 years, over and over and over again. Now, that's just one issue to, to keep wages down in one industry. Where do you think that that's going on throughout the rest of our country? 
it's happening everywhere. So that's why I'm doing it. It's because at the end of the day, I'm an American, I'm a patriot, and I care about my country, and I care about the people in it, and I care about the people who run it. Because the people who run it aren't Elon, Bezos, Bill Gates, those dickheaded motherfuckers. They don't run shit. And as a matter of fact, AI could take their jobs right now. Right now, AI could take their jobs. That's the fucking, that's the irony in all this, is that that's who AI can actually eliminate, is their jobs. Because who needs their big brains to think anymore when you have the big all-knowing algorithm that can run a billion thoughts a second? That's the truth. But at the end of the day, they don't run this country. The motherfuckers who drive the forklifts at the warehouse do. The people who are on America's highways. The people who are, the, the and I've mentioned this on the show before, the waitress at the Oasis Travel Plaza off 44 in Missouri, whose husband's dead, who's raising two kids on her own, working over 12 hours, serving America's truck drivers. She runs this fucking country. That's who fucking runs it. Not these oligarch dickheads who are fucking crying with their hands out because drivers at yellow are going to go on strike or because UPS drivers are going to go on strike. That's who runs this fucking country. That's why I do it. But thank you once again for listening. That'll do it for episode 82. Back to the bench.